Welcome back to the Creative Life Podcast. I'm your host, Amanda Qureshi, but you can call me Q. This episode features Austin-based photojournalist Michael Molly. Molly began taking his photography seriously just five years ago, and since that time, he's earned a reputation in Austin for his work photographing musical acts and local landscapes. Listen as we discuss his creative journey and artistic philosophy. Welcome to the Creative Life Podcast, Michael Molly. It's good to talk to you, friend. Yeah, thanks for yeah. having me. Say that I listened to some of the previous ones, and I'm curious as to maybe why I'm here. It's like I haven't written any New York Times bestseller books. Like I don't know. So, <laughs> well, there's a couple things. I I am very passionate about uh, creativity and art being accessible to every single person. But I will also say that as somebody who has followed your work for a long time, I'm a big fan. I think you're. I actually think you're a brilliant photographer. You know, and oh. and it it helps that I like your subject matter. <laughs> Because you do a lot yeah. of music photography. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. But your compositions are great. I mean, you you have, to me, it's really clear that you are an artist, right? You're not just out there capturing images, photoshopping them and, you know, whatever. I mean, you're you're making art and you can tell by the way your photos come out. Um, I, I appreciate that. Thank you so much. I I, I don't know what, how to respond, to be quite honest. Ah, oh, come on. I guess what it is, is we're all doing some, like most of us have some kind of creative pastime and, and whatever, but you can really tell when, when there's thought put behind something, right? Mm-hmm. And especially when you follow somebody for a while, uh, whether it's online or wherever, but if you're following somebody's work and you can really start to see these consistent uh, measures of quality showing up or these different perspectives that you come to rely on. And, mm-hmm. you know, I follow a few photographers and I can definitely pick yours out I can say oh that's that's one of Michael's so good for you yeah no I mean I don't I mean I I think I I noticed that I have a sort of a style but I it's not something that's it's not something that I think about it's just something that comes out and I don't do it with any intent um yeah but that's cool that you can pick it up because I do a a lot of different types of photography I enjoy street photography. Obviously, music is the bulk of the, my, my work, um, specifically yeah. live music, um, which is was just kind of a no brainer for me. And I just want to clarify: I don't, I don't want to give the impression when I say that there's thought behind your work that you're that it's overly cerebral or that it it looks formulaic. That's not it at all. I guess no. what I'm saying is that there is intentionality behind it, right? Mm-hmm. And you can sense you can sense that inspiration there, and. Um, it's the work of somebody who pays attention also. Mm-hmm. It's the work of somebody who actually has a connection to their subject matter and is really trying to convey it in a unique and special way. And to me, that's the essence of, that's what we're all trying to do as artists, right? In some form yeah. or fashion. Yeah, for sure. I, I think, you know, at the core of it is just, you know, we all, or most of us have the urge to create or do something, you know, creative and make something out of nothing. Um, I think the the tricky part is just being completely honest and not having any fear about what you're putting out there and not thinking about what people, you know, not thinking about an audience or just, just trying to convey how you see the world in is yeah. honest. And, but that also means that you have to be pretty in touch with yourself and honest with yourself in order to make that happen. And I wonder if you could tell me, just kind of to kick off our conversation, 
how you came to photography. I mean, have you always been a creative person? Have you used different mediums? And what was it that sort of attracted you? Because you're the first photographer on on this podcast so far. Yeah. So let's get into it. Yeah. Talk to I, me I, about I, your I, journey. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. Man, I, I it's I don't know how much time you have for this for this conversation, but um all the time you need, my friend. Photography really I didn't start doing photography seriously until about maybe five years ago, right before the pandemic. Um, creativity, I've, I mean, the music aspect of my life has always been there ever since I can remember since I was a small child. Um, I didn't really have any outside influence. My parents didn't listen to a lot of music. Um, I was probably about four or five years old. My earliest recollections of being fascinated with the sound that was coming out of a speaker and just wanting to listen to it all the time. And so I would consume it as much as possible. Um, as I got older, you know, I did drawing when I was, you know, younger, just because I guess I always felt like I had some sort of drive to be creative in some sort of way. And I've always written a little bit, um, just, you know, thoughts that are going on in my head. A lot of, you know, there's a lot of writing on, on bar napkins and notepads uh-huh. from restaurants that I worked in. And, uh-huh. you know, I just had like folders of just random stuff. Have you and saved then, all of that? Most of it. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. I go back yeah. and look at it every now and then and try to figure out what was going on in the mind of that young, sad, depressed. <laughs> but, um, you know, photography, my dad did a decent amount of photography and I never really paid much attention to it. I, I was always fascinated with his camera, but he never really introduced me to photography or we never had conversations about it. I always carried a camera around when I was younger. I'm not sure why. I just kind of felt like it was, you know, something I would do. I'd like to take pictures of things that I was doing. Can I ask how old you are? I have pictures from when I was, you know, a little bit in high school, more when I got into like my early 20s. It became Mm -hmm. a little bit more more constant then. Um, And then when I started writing, I had a music blog that I started in around 2007 called Sonic Itch Music. And I covered a lot of live shows and I had a fantastic photographer friend who I convinced to come along with on this little, you know, journey of mine. And uh, she did most of my, my live concert photography for the site. And then when she wasn't available, I just filled in. So like my first real concert shooting experience on a, I guess you could call it professional level was Lollapalooza. Um, which was, <laughs> which was an interesting experience. You know, she like gave the me a- OG, the original one. No, this was in Chicago. It was probably, I think it was 2009, maybe. Okay. Um, and she, you know, I had, I had one, you know, photo pass and, you know, I just had one media pass. So I had to take care of all of it. And, um, she gave me a quick, you know, 10 minute lesson on how to use the camera, manual camera and let me borrow one of hers and, you know, I'm standing in the pit with guys that are shooting for Rolling Stone and Stereo Gum. And I'm like, I'm not sure what I'm doing here, but let's go for it. So um, and then I, I, you know, I just did it, you know, as I didn't really think of myself as a photographer. It was more just out of necessity um, that I took photos. And my early stuff is absolutely terrible. You know, I have I have a handful of uh, prints that I've done that I was proud of. I was like, oh, that actually looks pretty decent. I'll keep those. Then in January of 2020, I was at a New Year's Day party 
with some friends of mine. And I was having a conversation with the, the host, the woman who I respect so much. And she asked me a question. She said, what are you doing with your photography? And I think at the time I didn't even, maybe I didn't even own a camera. And I was like, why would you ask me a question like that? Like, where's that coming from? She's like, I don't know. She's like, I think you're really good and you should do it more. And for some reason, it just set off something. And when I got home, I ordered a camera and it's been, I've been consuming photography and videography and visual stuff since then for the last five years. It's like, I, you know, I shoot almost every single day, you know, if it's just around the house or walking down the street. So I'm not sure why that conversation sparked something inside me, but I thank her very much for it. <laughs> I don't think she realizes the impact that it had on my life. That's amazing. Okay. Can I, can I ask you what your age is now? I'm 55. Okay. So we're, you and I are same generation and I can kind of relate to this journey because I've started doing all kinds of random creative things in the last few years. And uh, I had this, I had this really interesting conversation actually in my last uh, episode with a longtime friend of mine who was also in our age group and, and he's taken up, he took up painting in <laughs> over the, the pandemic. And um, it's really interesting to me how you get to a certain point in your life and all of a sudden you're like, well, you know, I want to try this thing. And you have to sort of bad, like I'm saying you rhetorically, you have to kind of battle your internal kind of uh, feelings of inadequacy. Like if you're starting something relatively new or pursuing something relatively new, you know, you, you're going to suck. Like you said, your your early stuff sucked and everybody's yeah. early stuff sucks. Yeah. Uh, did you find it difficult to push through that? Or were you, are you the type of person that is just like, well, fuck it. I'm just going to, I'm going to suck and until I'm good, um, which would be ideal. But a lot of us get hung up there. Are you, are you, are you speaking specifically like when this kind of kicked off in like 2020? Like how? how yeah. 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 Did? Like that, um, that you were going to make this a thing that you do now and put your name behind it. It wasn't like, I don't know. It, it, I don't even feel like it was like, this is the thing that I'm, that I want to do now. I just, it just like, I guess it just sparked whatever was already there and just amplified it so much that I was like, why am I not doing this? I'm going to do this all the time. I don't care where it takes me. I don't care if I make any money at it. I don't care if I'm ever be, I mean, sure, I'll get better at it. I don't know how good I'm going to be at it, but I'm never, I never feel like I'm producing the work that I think that I want to be producing. Right. So I just, I, you know, music's been like number one in my life as far as like my passion and my, my, you know, all time companion photography is like riding side by side and it's like I don't know I don't I don't I can't see myself not doing it um no matter where it goes yeah I didn't I didn't really you know it, no, I think I was probably fortunate because it that happened right before the pandemic so I had all this time to just kind of explore and I didn't have distractions of like having to go to a job or do this it was just like just go out and have fun and play with the camera, you know, and see where it goes, you know. And then once everything came back, I already kind of like established a a routine or a system and like had, you know, ways of doing it. But, I, you know, I think at first you're like, I'm not sure what to do with this. I think you just have to just, just do it, you know, yeah. you just, 
You just have to jump into the void and hope yeah. something good comes of it. You know, I think the unknown is probably the most exciting thing about life. Um, and just kind of throwing yourself out there. Um, totally and- agree. You know what? Uh, this is actually a common refrain when I talk, cause I, I talk to a lot of people all the time about being creative and a lot of times the people who, you know, I, everybody has, first of all, I think everybody's creative to some extent. Like we all have oh, yeah. that need and desire to create things. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to kind of finding that thing that you excel at, that's going to push you to continue to improve, that's going to make you, um, it's just going to turn you, like it turns you on. Like it's, it, it's really hard to actually quantify that in any way to say this is why this is this but you get that kind of inspiration and it just feels right and I hear that all the time but you still have to decide to listen to the quote-unquote muse you still have to to be to have the the guts to say yeah that's not something I've done before but it calls to me and I'm going to do it and I this may not be the case for you, but I think a lot of folks are afraid of that. <laughs> They're afraid to take those creative leaps and try things and see their own work look really bad in the beginning and all of that. It's just, it's not an easy path to take. And I'm really interested in people like you then who are just like, well, fuck it. I'm just going to do it. I'm just going to do it. I don't even care. I don't even care about how shitty it is because I like doing it so much. Yeah. I, right. Maybe it has something to do with my age. I feel like I changed. There were, there was a lot of things that changed in my life around that time. So, and we're going to get kind of personal here. So that's okay that's with you. That's perfectly fine. Yeah. Um. So I was a heavy, heavy drinker for many yeah. years. And I quit drinking probably about a year before the photography thing. So I was wow. in like this this year of clarity and I've always been an incredibly curious person, even as a kid, like I want to know how things work. I want to know, you know, why people do the things that they do. I just, I want to know everything like, you know, if, you know, and so that's one of the reasons that I've pursued some creative outlets, you know, like I, I did the writing and I did, you know, some photography earlier and I've done some drawing. So anything that kind of interests me, I'm like, oh, I'm going to, you know, try it out. So my, curiosity level was magnified so much in that first year that I was just like I've got to figure out like I'm interested in so many different things in the in the world like what am I going to do with myself especially with all the free time too because yeah yeah. when you're when you're a a heavy drinker you know you spend most of your time drinking you spend a lot of time in bars you spend a lot of time hiding you spend a lot of time you know you're hungover (laughs) yeah 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 Um, and so it was, you know, a lot of free time on my hands, a lot of curiosity and just a a drive to, to do something with myself. And I think the timing of it was just, just kind of perfect. And just that conversation that I had with that friend of mine was like, you know, was the spark that, that set it on fire. And because I had done things creatively in the past and put myself out there and not really, had any fear about doing that anymore I didn't really think about it that much and I'm incredibly lucky to be in a position that I'm in right now and to be doing the things that I'm doing and you know I wish it for everybody else in the world because it's it's amazing like it's it's changed my perspective on life in so many ways and like introduced me to so many amazing people and 
I would like everybody's life in the world to be like this. Yeah, <laughs> I feel, yeah. I feel, I feel fortunate, you know? Yeah. I'm lucky. Yeah. When I was talking to my friend Tom, we actually had that conclusion that when you're creating something and it it really resonates with you, you get a sense of satisfaction and contentment that is an inoculation against all the shit out there that's trying to tell you that, you know, you need more. You need, you know, you need to buy more, do more, be more, all of this stuff. Yeah, and absolutely. Yeah, there's something really powerful about just being able to sit with your art and have that be the thing that fulfills you and not needing mm-hmm. anything else. Yeah, you have a much greater appreciation for what you do have. Um, yeah. I think you're more connected with, with you're, you're, you're definitely more present, which I think is not the case with a lot of people in this world. Um, I think it's hard to be present, especially in today's society with everything that we have going on. Um, yeah. I'm just bombarded, but yeah. Yeah, there's I, something I to be said about age too. You know what you said earlier, and I and I'll bring that in with the the drinking thing because I had a you know difficult past with alcohol. My you know there was a history of alcoholism in my family, and mm-hmm. there was a point when I decided this is just not for me. It's not a thing I'm going to do anymore, and um. I've bottomed out multiple times, not necessarily with substances, but like with mental health. And there's different points in my life where I've reached this point where I was just like, I feel like shit doing this or on this course, I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to change. And there's actually something liberating. Once you get to our age, you've gone through that cycle a few times. And there's something where you're like, you know, I've already felt so shitty that it's, oh, I can try to do so. Like my ego is... (laughs) It's already yeah, like smashed. how much how much worse can it be? You know, I've already seen <laughs> yeah. the bottom of the barrel. Like exactly, underneath. I don't know. You know, yeah, yeah. It can't There's get freedom. Any worse, so. Yeah, yeah. No. So that's really great, yeah, actually. Sure, that makes a lot of sense. Uh, well, that's fascinating. I didn't know that. I also actually didn't know when we when I uh, invited you on that this is only something you've been doing seriously in this way for five years. And uh, I mean, that just, I think that speaks to your natural talent for it, because again, your work is so great. It looks like anything you would see in Rolling Stone or Spin or whatever, any of those magazines. That's good shit. Yeah. Thank you so much. Yeah. So um, everybody go follow Michael. Uh, (laughs) Okay. Tell me that, tell me about something that you're really proud of that you've done thus far. Like something that you really are excited to put your name behind and put out in the world. Like from a creative standpoint? Yes. Yeah. I'm really happy with with the the work that I'm doing as far as photography is concerned. And, you know, I've been fortunate to to make a couple of music videos, which, you know, growing up in the MTV generation, they were hugely imp- impactful on me and very much a part of my life and my music discovery as a you know young child or a teenager, I guess I should say. But is there a, and, like, I guess what I'm asking, is there a specific uh, show that you've shot or a thing that you've done with no. your photography that you're like, this is no. aces? No. Come no, on. It, it changes. It changes every single time. Like I can go, I like, I don't know. I have, I have favorite photos and then they go out of favor and then, um, then I have new favorite photos. I just try to do the best work that I can each time. And, it's if I spend too much time with it, then I I feel like I'm losing perspective, and I try not to compare myself. Like I, we, there's a ton of great photographers in this city, you know, and I respect all of them. And 
I, tr- I, you know, I try to look at their work, but I also make it a point to not spend a lot of time with, with people's other people's work because I don't want to try to shape the way that I do what I'm doing in any way. Mm-hmm. Like I don't need any outside influences. I'll, I'll take bits and pieces of advice or feedback and store it away. But then I have to, at the end of the day, I have to put all that aside and just focus on doing you know, the best that I can or what really inspires me. I think the biggest challenge is trying to tap into that well of creativity that's there and how, how you get there. And I'm getting off topic completely, but yeah, I, I, I just, my goal is just to keep doing what I'm doing while I have the ability to do it and, you know, do the best that I can and learn as much as I possibly can. I don't want to like sit back and look at something and be like, that's amazing. Like I did a really great job. I mean, I, I, I do that occasionally. I'm like, Oh, I'm making progress. I think that looks better than, you know, that I'm making, but I don't want to, I don't want to set aside and be like, yeah. Cause I feel like you're kind of setting yourself up for, you know, like I've actually accomplished what I wanted to accomplish when I'm not there. I don't know that I ever will be there. So it's just, it's a continuation. It's just, yeah. a, you know, it's a nonstop journey. There's some high, yeah. highlights along the way, but I would hate, it was, I mean, it's like your children too. It's like, which one is your favorite child? <laughs> I made all of them. Some of them are better than others. You know, <laughs> this one's cute. This one's not so cute. This one's funny. This one's smelly, but whatever. They're all mine. <laughs> I I do hear that from time to time, right? I, I mean, there are people who I think have certain things that are like standouts for them, but I think it's a hallmark of any uh, dedicated creative person that they are never going to be completely satisfied with where they are in their journey, which is not to say that, you know, we want to be perfectionists and like hate on ourselves and be embarrassed of what we did in the past. A friend of mine, I'll, uh, I'll tell you this little anecdote from another episode. She quit academia and wrote four books in five years and they're a fiction mystery novels. And Mm -hmm. They all kind of are part of the same narrative. And when she finished the last book, it took her about, I think, six years. When she finished the last book, she went back and reread the first one. And she was like, oh, this is so, you know, she could see she could see her own progression. And she's like, oh, this is just, it feels so immature and blah, blah, blah. And her friend, who is a writer, said to her, this first book is your love me do. And the last one is your hey, Jude. And they're both okay for what they are. Right. Yeah. yeah, It's okay for an artist to progress in public. Nobody comes out the gate being. And I think that this is sort of a problem because today so much art is like it's so commodified that Mm -hmm. a lot of it doesn't even come out. What we're told is art or trendy or whatever has been so produced, polished and gone through so many edits and so much stuff. Right. Yeah. That. It's it's pretty far removed from where anybody, you know, whoever created it started. And mm-hmm. so for us, it just feels so icky to like make something and not have it be this perfect glossy thing that is going to be cherished for generations. But it's still important to do those steps uh, where you start out doing sort of, you know, the basics and then you grow and evolve and doing that in front of an audience isn't a bad thing it's okay yeah. i guess is what yeah. i'm saying yeah. yeah not to have like perfect stuff 
Yeah, no, I mean, some of my my favorite stuff is just weird random street photography that I do. And like that, I don't really do with intent. It's just, I just put myself out there and I just, you know, walk around and whatever happens, happens. And it's probably the least edited. It's just, it's a lot. It seems so much more effortless than the live music. The live music stuff's incredibly challenging for yeah. a lot of different reasons. You know, you have no control over anything in that yeah. situation. You know, you can't control the lighting. You can't control your subject matter. Uh, you can't control, you, you know, the space that you have to shoot in, the angles that you have. So essentially, you know, if you're, you know, shooting with, you know, five other or 10 other photographers in the same pit area, you're all looking at the same thing from the same angle. So how do you be creative with it? You know, it's yeah. like, how do you figure that out? So that's yeah. it. That's what I love about that. Well, that and the fact that I'm a huge music nerd. So I'm just, you know, that's, that's my environment. You know, I want to, yeah. <laughs> I just, well, I think uh, as somebody who has attempted to take photos of concerts before, I can attest to how hard it is. And I've seen so many shitty photos and videos from live shows. And then I've sat there and tried to analyze, like I look at really good photography uh, show photography and I'm like what are they doing <laughs> here <laughs> I, I, I realize that some of it is equipment related like you know you're not going to get the same thing on your iPhone as you will on a, a really nice camera with a lens For but sure. um, there's also I think what you're saying there there's also that it's just such a because the environment is so constantly moving and it's just so frenetic yeah. <laughs> yeah it's really hard to get anything good so what's your you want to give us a phone you got any any hot tips for us for me like I have to have a connection with with my subject matter um oh. and that really is I mean music I I'm fortunate I put myself in a position where I shoot mostly bands that I love or I have some sort of interest in, like, I may not know them very well, but, you know, so I, I'm familiar with the music. I'm, I've probably seen them, you know, several times before. So I'm familiar with how they look on stage and how they move. And part of it is, for me, is anticipating what you think is going to happen and waiting for that moment to happen and hopefully capturing it, as opposed to trying to make something out of what's happening. Oh, if wow. that makes sense. Like trying it totally to force- makes sense like I'm trying to force this this photo it's like sometimes you just have to sit back and kind of like sit with it you know I'll take breaks while I'm shooting and just watch what's going on and anticipate or hope this is what's going to happen next sometimes it does sometimes it doesn't and then also I'm I think I subconsciously absorb everything around me as far as like structures and lighting and equipment and gear that's on stage I had a friend tell me that I'm I'm a line guy like when I shoot stuff like out in the street, I'm focused on lines a lot. And it's it's not a conscious thing at all, but like everything, there's a lot of like you know, lines in certain ways. So there's a lot of structure yeah. that's subconsciously included in my photography. Where I'm really focusing on this, the individual, right? the performer or the performers, everything else that comes into frame is purely, it's unintentional. But I think it helps kind of frame that particular moment. And this is not a thing, just to clarify, that you're thinking about consciously. I mean, it really is just sort of you're in this moment. How do you get into that moment? Do you have any kind of, you you and I both read The Creative Act, Rick Rubin's book. Oh, yeah. 
yeah. yeah, yeah. And he talks about letting yourself in that, especially in the, especially in the, the creative part, you know, he, there, there's phases he talks about where you, then you go back and you edit and you kind of, you know, refine things, but while you're doing the art and you're just getting it out there or you're, you know, you're just doing, it's a very dynamic moment and you put yourself into that flow, right? You're not thinking consciously, but you're acting in, in an intuitive way almost. Is that something that comes naturally to you? Do you have to put yourself in that frame of mind? And, and I ask you this specifically because I know a lot of artists rely on drugs and alcohol to try yeah. to get into that state of mind when they're yeah. doing their art. Yeah. Uh huh. I mean, I'm aware. It's this is a this is a difficult question. I'm aware of when I'm. You know, they in photography they talk about developing your eye uh -huh. um, when you start seeing things a certain way, like things stand out to you, like even ordinary things, and it it shuts on and off. It's weird. Like I can be at work. I you know I bartend part time at a restaurant. I can be at work and just my attention be drawn to something in the restaurant, like the lighting and, you know, a chair or something or somebody sitting in a chair specifically and like, Oh, that'd be a great photo, you know? Nice. And it's not always there. And I've thought about this for a while and I, I don't like, I can't, you know, I don't know where it comes from. You know, I think Rick Rubin probably addresses it to a certain extent that like, there's this, this well of creativity that exists in the universe that we're capable of, accessing um if we figure out how to do it and i think there's there's a lot of truth to that and i discovered that early on when i was shooting the live stuff because i would go in you know i would study videos of live performances and be like this is the shot that i want this is what i'm going to do this is where i'm going to stand on stage and i came to figure out pretty quickly that my best stuff comes in the moment and very unplanned um I think achieving that in the live music situation is easy because I'm incredibly passionate about music and it means so much to me. And especially if I'm shooting artists that I absolutely love and have a connection with, then I think it just makes it easier to to do that job because it just inspires you to yeah. to do the best that you can. And but it's trying to access it is I mean, I, I think there are there are methods, you know, and I have like you know, morning routines and different things that I try to do. I don't find that that drugs <laughs> enhance it anymore <laughs> than right. it's there, you know? Yeah. But yeah, and, and I kind of remember when, when I started seeing things a little bit differently too. Um, and it was before I was doing photography seriously. I had a moment where I saw it was a very ordinary like drive down the street and the trees hanging over the street and something about what I was looking outside the window just seemed completely different than what I recalled. It was almost like I was on drugs or I was high on something. And I was like, wow, I was like, that looks amazing. Like, why, why am I, why is that standing out to me right now? Yeah. And I look at it, you know, two or three times a day driving down the same street, you know, why that, ha I don't know. I mean, I, I don't yeah. have any explanation. I, I'm just, I'm, I'm fortunate that, that it happens, you know, I enjoy it a lot. Because yeah. like I said, it, it's opened up my awareness just about the world around me, which I think is important, um, especially as a human being. There's a lot that we don't see or a lot that we choose not to see. Um, or maybe we've just been conditioned that we don't want to see that. And, you know, my whole goal is just to be a better human being and being more aware and more present in my environment, I think allows me to do that. Hopefully. 100%. <laughs> yeah. 
I forget, there was a famous writer who said something to the effect of a writer is a person who notices things. And I actually think that's true of anybody who's a creator. Like if you are a creative person, whether you're writing a song or taking a photo or painting or, you know, whatever it is that you're doing, you have spent the time absorbing and connecting with the subject matter. You have allowed yourself to kind of stew on it maybe even you're unconscious maybe not even consciously but you've allowed it to kind of be part of your internal life and then you find that it just sort of compelled you're sort of compelled and then you're just you start to do this thing and it Mm -hmm. sounds the problem with all of this is that like love or faith or anything else like that creativity is so esoteric it's really hard to put a pin on what it is and you know Mm -hmm. how it happens (laughs) yeah yeah, Um, yeah, and yet you would say that it is then foolish to have a podcast to talk about creativity but I actually think it's really important for us to even with the clumsy limitations of our language and um, and you know whatever we still need to try to get to it so that we're all in, like, I want everyone to be encouraged. I, exactly what you said earlier. I want everyone to have that feeling, yeah. to be able to connect with that part of themselves and to get really excited about creating. Well, but it's in, just in that. It makes you excited about life in general and yeah. people. You know, I think as a society, we've kind of lost that sense of awe and wonder and, and we're missing out on the, this beautiful existence that we're <laughs> involved in right now. It's kind of, it's kind of interesting and amazing. And, you know, a lot of us are just sleepwalking through it. So yeah, it's unfortunate. Well, the purpose of art, I think, is to wake us up. It's to remind us that we're all human and that we each have a, our own specific special lens. We don't live on an island. We're not all completely, you know, detached from one another. We're, I'm not, you know, preaching some individualist thing. But also, we are all individuals and we all have a unique set of experiences that inform our art. And, you know, that's why I I don't think a lot of artists who reach a certain level, I mean, yes, there are the snobby prima donna types, but I think a lot of artists are just, they're not threatened by other artists because no one can do, once you're plugged in and connected to what you can do and your view of the world, right? You're, you're your own lens. Once you have that and you're secure with it, there is no competition for you. Because nobody is doing what you're doing in the way that you're doing it. I mean, it should be a reflection of you as an individual, an honest reflection. um, Right. And how you interpret the world. And, you know, and I think a lot of artists are incredibly empathetic people, too. I think we, you know, we, we sense and feel things about the world and other humans and life and in ways that maybe some people don't. I don't know. It's. I mean, I can't. I can't speak for, for other people in this world. I mean, I just observe, you know, but, you know, back to your point about having conversations about it and having a podcast, I think it's great. I mean, I think conversations are, I, I have regular coffee conversations with a, a small group of people that from different sectors of life that I just absolutely respect and, and gain knowledge because I, I don't know, I feel like a lot of people stop learning when, you know, they're done with college or you know, they don't pursue like expanding their just life education or any education by any extent. And we're part of an evolutionary species in an evolutionary world. And it changes so much that I think it's, for me, it's important to just continually learn more and more about it as as much as I possibly can. And I think 
one of the easiest ways to do that is to have conversations with other humans, um, other humans that you may not think that you have. Everybody has a story, you know, and I've learned this, you know, I've been a bartender for many, many years and I'm, I'm in it not because I enjoy mixing cocktails for people. I enjoy entertaining people, um, but I enjoy the hospitality aspect of it. And I love having conversations with people from all sectors of life and all over the world, because it just, it helps me to understand humanity and people and where we are and why we're doing the things that we're doing. I mean, you can, you can rail against governments or governmental policies or this or that or different groups. But I think at the end of the day that, you open up yourself to understanding where everybody else stands and why or how we've gotten to that point, then it makes it a little bit easier to cope with all this stuff that can be incredibly negative and overwhelming, especially in the world that we live in today with, you know, I don't know, you know, social media, For sure. <laughs> you know, our, our news system that is, that has become more entertainment and it's all just doom and gloom. And yeah, yeah I mean, I understand the world's a terrible place, but it always has been, you know, it's just yeah. like, yeah. No, that's right. That's right. In addition to, I I also think that art plays a really important role in reminding us to embrace life and to pursue joy and all of those great things. I mean, to me, one of the hardest things about the pandemic was the lack of live music. To me, live music is the ultimate celebration of life, right? Yeah. I mean, what absolutely. is better than being in a crowd of people and having these amazing performers and having that kind of interplay with the band and the audience, like all of that is just mad. It's, it's the closest thing to magic. I think there is frankly. Oh yeah. And it's better and, than church. hundred <laughs> percent. But when, you know, when we couldn't do that during the pandemic, it was, it was hard. Yeah. It was really hard. And there just isn't a substitute like fucking watching <laughs> some band on TV or on Zoom is just not going to cut it. I do think that there's an important role for all art, but especially live music, to remind us about what life is for. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I, you know, I, I, part of going to a concert or a live performance is really about the experience. And, you know, I like, I like venues where I have the freedom to explore and and watch the interactions between the artists and and the audience and to see how the audience responds and how how they make that connection you know and when it happens really well and the artist is feeding off the energy of the crowd and the crowd is getting just as much in return it's it's kind of hard to to duplicate you know and it doesn't happen all the time you just can't go to every live show there's some there's some I've seen some clunkers <laughs> from some people you wouldn't think you know um, oh, yeah. it's, it's weird. It's a weird, magical thing. A lot like we were talking about, like, where does this come from? You know, it's like how that thing, there's no formula to it, but when it happens, it happens. It's, it's pretty amazing. And it was strange. Like during the pandemic, I didn't, I think I had seen so much live music for so long that I didn't miss it as much as, as some other people did. I, I do recognize that when I, when it came back, I was like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I did miss it a little bit, but I don't think I had any fear that it was going to go away you know, permanently. And I think that's what a lot of people are like, how's it going to look? What's it going to look like when it comes back? And, yeah. you know, or when is it going to come back? I don't know. There were, there were a lot of question marks back in those days. So, uh, well, I mean, as long as human beings are alive on this planet, there's going to be yeah concerts. Be there's something. just going to be, that's what we do. We've always done it. Yeah, yeah. Um, it just occurred to me though, when you were talking about, uh, I don't even remember, but something you just said a few minutes ago, is that 
your particular art is about capturing other artists doing their work, right? Which is a really mm -hmm. unique art form because you yeah. are doing art, but you're also trying to convey the artistic style, aesthetic flair of these, these amazing artists on a stage. You know, I'm not, as a photographer, I'm not a fan of doing like, I like, you know, creative portrait, but I've never been a fan of like the posed, like typical, like family picture or like uh -huh, headshot yeah. where, you know, you're putting on a face or you're putting on a smile or you're pretending to be something that you're not for that moment. Maybe, mm -hmm. I don't know, maybe it is you. It doesn't, for me, when I'm looking at a photo like that, I'm not seeing the real person that exists behind those eyes most of the time. So when a performer is performing, finding those moments where you can see them purely in what they're doing artistically and, you know, almost on like a whole nother like conscious plane, because it takes a lot to do that. You know, you have to put yourself in into that space, especially whenever you created that song or you wrote that song and performing it is a whole nother like physical and mental and like emotional trip for sure and when you when you can capture them in that moment where it relays what that hopefully or what I what I interpret is what that song or what that performance means to them on on just a purely like completely honest level I think that's the best part you know absolutely I mean, you, can get, you can get people jumping up and down and and doing you know fun things and lots of cool lights but it's more about like capturing that that moment on their face or just whenever they're performing that that feels completely honest and and true yeah totally agree with that like if you juxtapose a really great intense photo of a of a musician that's just in the moment all of that expression on their face you know you can tell they're just really into what they're doing you, you take one of those and it is worth eight billion hours of shitty concert videos right like it's yeah, not a, yeah. like you get more of the feeling of the performance uh -huh. from a really well constructed or well composed photo mm -hmm. than you yeah. would just by recording it. and i think that's that speaks to what photography is as an art in a yeah, single yeah. image, you are capturing an entire scene, a mood, feeling that you mm -hmm. can't just get by pushing record on your phone. Yeah. I mean, hopefully you're conveying that it's it's the connection that, that you're making with that artist and what they're doing. And hopefully that's coming out, you know, in, in the photo or the image or whatever you're, however you're presenting it. And, you know, like I said, I put myself in a position where I'm, I'm photographing people that I already have a pretty strong connection with easy. So I think that makes it easier. And when I, when I take photos of bands that I'm not super interested in, I can tell it reflects in, in the stuff that I get because I just don't, I'm just taking photos. I'm just taking pictures of people performing and I don't get nearly as much satisfaction out of that as I do making that connection with the artists when they're on stage and like, you know, generally being excited for them in the moment too, you know, yeah. it's like, yeah, you're doing it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're yeah. there. So yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. Because, because that's the, the feeling. I, I don't know. Like, this is so cheesy, but like, that's the feeling, right? Like <laughs> as somebody who is a, as a creator, the feeling of being in the moment is so powerful and beautiful. And it's like, 
it's that thing that you're constantly forever chasing, right? I want to be back in that flow to be able to capture that um, is so like it's so important and it's also just so like exciting and inspiring I think that's why I enjoy looking at your photos and other concert photography when it's done really well and that's Mm -hmm. why it's so annoying to me when I see shitty photos and videos of concerts because I'm like why are you wasting my time like I don't want any of that but like because the concert experience means so much to me having people like you who are willing to to get in there and translate that moment in a way that that can be revisited over and over again is like it's it's a gift it's a gift to the world I think yeah I mean I'm not trying to make too much of it but like I'm really passionate about this topic (laughs) no I I can tell (laughs) yeah I'm like you like I'm really I love music and I have I was that little kid I used to just post up next to my parents stereo with a stack of eight tracks yeah Linda Ronstadt, right? Or plugging them in right and left, the Moody Blues, and just like dig it as a little kid. I was that yeah. kid too. And I started yeah. going to concerts, you know, as soon as I could. And that was such an important part of my life. I mean, my, I have 21 year old kids. They never go to shows. I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, yeah. I was at every show I could. Yeah. It's different, you know, I think it's, I don't, I don't know. I mean, yeah, you know, of course I see a lot of people that go to shows for whatever reasons that they do. I mean, a lot of it's a social thing, you know, and as the Austin music scene has changed a lot, I've seen the crowds change, you know, because it's, it's kind of, it's a status symbol. It's like, oh, I was at this show or, oh, I was at this show. And and that's fine. You know, I mean, it's great for the artist either way. I'm not judging, you know, why people, but you know, there, there are those of us and, that are in it for reasons that are incredibly personal and magical you know it's it's kind of hard to you know I moved to Austin with the intent of seeing as much live music as I possibly could I I grew up in Temple Texas 60 miles up the road and as soon as I figured out what live music was like my first show was the Go-Go's and Wall of Voodoo at the Frank Irwin Center and once I saw that I was like I want to see this all the time. So my mom would drive me down. She would drop me off. I was probably, I don't know, you know, 12 or 13 years old. And she would just drop me off at the Irwin Center and let me go see a show, you know. And back in those days, in order to know what was playing, I had to call them on the phone and listen to a recording of what was playing the next couple of months and be like, I want to go see that show. But, you know, and I was the kid, you know, who read all of the the music magazines, all the heavy metal magazines, and my walls were covered in in just pages of magazines. I guess that's part of my my live music photography. I guess it started. It's just like I never really paid that much attention to it, but now I look back at it and I was like, oh, my walls were covered with with photos of people performing and guitars and you know amps and all kinds of stuff. So I guess it's just been ingrained in me since the beginning. That's but. awesome. Okay, tell us who do you like to shoot in Austin? Like local bands, yeah, or yeah. just who are your in general, yeah, whatever. I mean, like who? Like uh, I want people to. Well, I also want people to hear about some cool local bands, but also just like what, like what is it that if you could order up your perfect, you know, opportunity to go take some concert photos, what would it be? God, you should have prepped me for this because it's going to take me like a day to try to figure this out. <laughs> I, you know, I, I, you know, unfortunately, and, and I hate saying this, I don't spend enough time with 
the, the local artists as much as I would like to just because of my schedule and you know and I I do enjoy shooting the bigger shows for just because you know at first I was like oh the bigger shows they're fine but I'm going to focus on like the smaller and as I progressed in my work there's some advantages to being at ACL Live Moody which is probably my favorite venue to shoot at for mm-hmm. many different reasons but the production can be absolutely amazing you know the access is is a lot better as far as like moving around and getting specific compositions but there's some interesting stuff happening in the local scene you know obviously everybody's paying attention to die spits and they, i mean how could you not want to shoot that i mean it's a it is a it's a punk rock circus on stage <laughs> you know? and it's different every time it's amazing i mean i the last time I, I shot them, I probably had 50 fantastic photos from the shoot. You know, it's like they're they're just little rock stars. Um, yeah. You know, there have been some some I don't, there's like some local performers that that I enjoy watching. And, you know, sometimes I set out to capture images of them, you know, and, uh, you know, I I enjoy I think uh, Die Star is kind of fun. There was a there was a band that I caught during Levitation that I'd heard a lot about called Font that I was really yeah. impressed with. They had an incredibly solid forty five minute set with only I think they have three recorded songs out. It was incredibly impressive. Um, so they're on my list of seeing again. Yeah, I don't know. There's like I said, I don't I don't spend enough time in, in the local scene. Is so what like how do you decide? I mean, aside from the fact that ACL is is there but like how do you decide if or when you want to go is it just if you have the spare time or yeah well you know like I said I I still have you know a part-time job as a bartender so that takes up some nights so I don't have all my nights free and then when I do have free nights I'm usually scheduling them around mostly touring when it's when it's touring season I'm averaging you know maybe two shows a week so between, you know, those and my, my job, South by Southwest is, I see that as like, I really don't go into it with any agenda. That's my discovery time. Oh, so nice. like all the local bands or like any mid-tier bands that have kind of been on my radar for a while, <clears throat> hopefully they'll be there. And so, and I have, you know, being in the music scene and being in Austin for so long, I have a, a great network of people with incredible taste in music that I trust and so it's just like sourcing, you know, these people and, you know, whatever radio stations I'm listening to or podcasts or whatever. Like I, I source my interest from many different spots. And, and um, as far as music is concerned, you know, my taste has changed quite a bit. I mean, it's always changed. It's always in flux. But I've come, you know, and I think a lot of people kind of pigeonhole themselves and get into like, a lane or an alley about what kind of music they'll listen to. And when I, you know, I worked in as, as a manager and a booking agent for a while. And as a manager, I had to learn how to listen to things with, without any influence outside. So, you know, a band would hand me, you know, freshly recorded material and I would have to judge whether I thought that was good or not. That's without anybody saying you should listen to this because everything you listen to is probably influenced by something. Uh-huh. So you either heard it on the radio, somebody mentioned the name of the band that you respected, and you're like, oh, okay, then I should listen to that. You read an article about it or something. But to go into something completely fresh with no influence whatsoever, other than maybe knowing the artist, 
and listening to it and trying to judge whether or not you think it's good or not is kind of challenges your own personal sense of like, do I have good taste? Like, do I know what I'm listening? You know, am I good at this? Like you just have to learn how to trust your own instincts. Um, and music for me at this point in my life really is just the soundtrack to where I am mentally or emotionally. Um, and it changes every day. It's like, what kind of mood am I in today? That's what I'm going to listen to. So I have like all these different types of bands that I'll pull from could be old bands, could be new bands. I'm always interested in people that are pushing the envelope of making new and creative stuff, but still making it sound functional and relevant, if that makes sense. Yep. Like, you know, you, we're in an age where everything is going to be influenced by the major decades of the early years of rock and roll. You know, you've got the 60s, the 70s, the 80s, the 90s is probably where it started to just become diluted and, you know, super, you know, commoditized. And, yeah. you know, we just, you know, it's like you won't see any more music movements as big movements anymore. Everything is influenced by all of the previous movements. So bands that can pull from old stuff, new stuff and put it in a package that sounds new and different without sounding repetitive and kind of like opening up new space for for new material or new music to come through is really you know what I look for or, or I'm listening for. I actually think that is pretty relevant because we're talking about you know driving our inspiration and your creativity isn't just something that comes from I mean it's not just something you're doing you're also it's about you interacting with your environment and you know you're constantly going to have to be going out there and looking around at stuff seeing what's new and bringing it in and weighing it and deciding if it's something you know part of your going to be part of your inspiration part of your world and um you know it's hard now because more than any other time in history we have so much of it to wade through i mean there's just so yeah. much and a lot of it has been like you said diluted and and i'm so I, I wanted to kind of segue from there and ask you just from your personal opinion. I have a, I have a friend who he is a photojournalist professor. He teaches photojournalism in, in Georgia. And um, we've had this conversation about how much the world has changed since the advent of the cell phone, where everybody mm -hmm. now has a camera in their pocket yeah. and whether or not that diminishes the value of professional or artistic photography and i'm curious to know i mean do you think that and and to be fair all of the, this kind of hand-wringing happens everywhere it's happening in music it's happening in writing whatever where we're like well if everybody's doing it and there's all this crap out there how are we you know how do we even know what's good how do we even find what's good it's just like a glut how do you feel about that do you think that more people having access to photography is diluting it as an art or do you think that there's always going to be space for photography as art i think there'll always be space i think it's easy i mean you can have as many tools as you want but if you're not creating something and, and i hate to keep using this word but it's it's a big word for me over the past few years it's like if you're not creating something that represents you honestly or is being done in an, in an honest manner and people will realize that. I mean, it's got to be something you connect to. And the human element is always going to be there, no matter what tools you have to, to make it. You know, the tools are always going to change. 
you know i mean even you think about music in the 80s it's like everybody was like you know disregarding the the synth and the new wave stuff they're like oh that's garbage you know it's not real and it's like no it's just a different tool you know for communicating what's going on you know that's how people are expressing themselves so as long as it's being expressed the way that it should be and i don't know if it should be but just in a way that you can connect to then it's always going to be there now we can get in a conversation about artificial intelligence and whether or not you can connect with artificial intelligence hopefully that conversation's down the road but yeah i mean i think i mean yes you can duplicate art to a certain extent but if it's not something that you can connect with then it doesn't matter it's just it's just a photo or it's just an image like but that's up that's up to the to uh the person that's interpreting it you know agreed like you can't I, I don't know it's it's a yeah yeah i don't want i don't want no art police i don't want people going around being like you're not an artist you're not a writer like, i don't oh, like that right. right yeah well i think um, you know i think i think banksy did a good job of of kind of shaking up the traditional art world by doing the things that he's done he's like look I paint on walls, you know, and now you want to put me, you know, in your auctions and in your museums. And it's like, that's not the world that I want to be a part of. If you like it, you like it. You know, the whole yeah. shredding of the painting at the, uh, the Sotheby's auction was brilliant, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Slapping, you know, it was a slap to the face of the, you know, the traditional art world of people who are declaring what's good or what's not. And he's like, well, here it is. You like it. It's good. You want to pay $3 million for it. I'm going to shred it. And then it sells for more money after that. So it's like, yeah. you know. <laughs> now that's you know. art, baby. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. Yeah. All right. Well, Michael, you've been very generous with your time. And Absolutely. this has been a Thanks great conversation. Yeah. I'm so glad to have had, uh, finally had a chance to talk with you. Like I said, I've been following your work for so long. And uh, it turns out you're utterly charming human being in addition to being brilliant and talented i was trying to figure out if we had met before because i know you did some writing for cosmic class did you not i do i do occasionally i do yeah yeah yeah. because i i did some you know i did some photography for them for sure and then i did some reviews as well i enjoy the process of writing you know i still do quite a bit of writing but okay yeah it's mostly personal stuff but i try to do it uh maybe maybe when my new website comes out i'll have a blog component to it because i would like to i don't know i like to discuss kind of like my process what's going on in my head as far as like how it relates to my life and you know this new journey because i I really do think you know in 2020 right before the pandemic like my life changed in so many different ways that i'm a completely different person and i have people that have known me for so many years that are like you you're not nearly the same person that you were before and there's there's a lot of things that i think contributed to that and you know, photography, art, um, are definitely one of those things. And I don't know, it's brought me a lot of, uh, joy and awareness about the world that I live in and I want everybody to experience it. And that's awesome. That is as it should be. Uh, I'll encourage everyone once again to follow Michael, all of the places on the internet, please check the show notes for links and, um, be nice to him on the internet or I will come and find you. <laughs> Thanks, Michael. Thank you so much. Bye.